everyone and welcome to another episode of Real Clinicians Real Chats. My name is Alex Murray. I'm a podiatrist and strength and conditioning coach based in Canberra, Australia. And I'm Kit Wisdom. I'm a physiotherapist uh, currently studying uh, somatic psychotherapy in Melbourne, Australia. So we had a bit of a, a chat. Well, this is round two of uh, trying to record this after the internet problems <laughs> with your kid sitting on the internet, taking up all the speed. Two kids gaming. Yes, that's more important than podcasts. An unstoppable force. <laughs> so we sort of had an idea to sort of, do we do a year in review? What, what do we do? What do we talk about? It seems momentous that we're doing this at the end of the year. Yeah. I think there's something really nice about reflecting in a way that feels well, always organic, but, you know, not, um, again, not like based on an outcome of what we're getting out of the reflection, perhaps just to reflect in order to kind of bring a bit of completion or closure mm. or, you know, something to to its fullness. That's what I, I think we were, when we were talking, we were sort of like, oh, you know, it's, it's naturally everyone kind of gets to an end of the year and starts to reflect. And I think that, that links to your point nicely, which is it's nice to sort of go, okay, this is just a milestone, a time to sort of reflect without a goal, whereas sometimes reflection throughout the year is is based around a goal. I'm reflecting to try and achieve something or I'm reflecting as, as, as part of a, a project or a figuring out next steps. Whereas a year's just kind of like, oh, and you, you get some time as well, really. Or maybe you don't. It depends <laughs> how crazy <laughs> Christmas is. Depends if you're out delivering mangoes. Yes, my Christmas gift to everyone this year. A professional Christmas gift was mangoes, and because they're fresh, I had delivered them personally, and it was, it was a whole thing. I have still not received mine yet, but you know. They went up in price after I bought them. <laughs> the the cyclone. So getting them delivered was even more oh, expensive to oh. you. Oh, I'm not worth it, everyone. <laughs> We're going to reflect on that later. <laughs> reflect on my worth in your life. <laughs> Less than mm. a mango. <laughs> uh, no, well, I thought I thought when we were talking about um, what we could reflect on, I sort of pulled out. Um, we did something similar in in our last Hakomi. Uh, it was the end of second year for us in Hakomi, and so the whole week was actually exploring completion, which I thought was really interesting. Um, it looked at lots of different things, um, even like how we come to the end of a session or how we come to the end of a. Um, uh, you know, a chunk of sessions or how do people actually kind of hang out at the completion mm. space. So it was really fascinating. So I thought I could bring into this space just a bit of um, more, I suppose, little questions or, or, or points to, to um, think on around the completion of our year or even just like we've done, you know, how many have we done interviews now where we've had a bit more of this reflective conversation? It's been about six, hasn't about it? About that, yeah. Yeah. So maybe even like bringing that in because that was a bit of a change for us this year. It was our intention for from 
from um, last year, mm. wasn't it? I, the, the thing when you bring up change, the thing that I thought about reflection is like we've both had huge changes mm. in our professional life. Yeah. So we've got... Yeah, what's come up for you? I keep going back and I can't remember if I've had this conversation or not, but I keep coming back to uh, what is what is success? Mm. What does success look like? What is what is it? What are we aiming feel for? Like. Mm, what is it? Mm. Yeah, that's such a great one. What is it? What does it feel like? Because mm. I think there's a great book uh, called Being Wrong. Have you heard of this one? I've probably talked mm-hmm. about it. I don't think we've actually talked about it in on the podcast. Because. Mm. As, as you know, I don't re-listen to podcasts. I just do them and move on. So I have no recollection of our com- the difference between our conversations and podcasts. Is this fantastic book um, called Being Wrong. And it talks about, to link it to success, it talks about being wrong as a feeling that you have in the past tense. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's not something that we specifically do in the moment, I am being wrong. Or if you're, if you're doing it, like, I'm purposely wrong. But the, the matter of it is that you're not, you're being wrong for a purpose that you think is right. You're actively lying. Mm-hmm. So you're still being, being right, right, but you're being, you're, 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 you're being wrong about something. And it's only in reflection uh-huh. do, you, do you think, oh, I was wrong. Uh-huh. And so it really kind of distorts the concept of being wrong in in the same way that my mother-in-law went into a famous story. She booked the wrong hotel uh, and forcefully went, or she she got confused between the hotel room she booked. She thought she booked a fancier room, went in and was so confident in that she was right about it that they upgraded the room that she had bought and she got this like astounding like room with views over Niagara Falls. It was a whole whole thing and then when she like came in only was she like she sat down she's like oh no i was wrong and she's like i'm so glad i didn't i didn't realize during the conversation because how was i going to how's i going to keep that confidence going but to go back to success i think success might even feel like i i wonder success feeling the same thing or having the same issue do we feel Mm. successful in the moment do we do we feel successful past tense or, or maybe it is only a mm. present tense kind of feeling when something is happening. And mm-hmm. then in the past tense, we question, is it, is it, are we successful? In the future, we aim for success. Like where does, where does mm-hmm. success live as a feeling? Because it's, I, I'm finding it really difficult starting my clinic. You know, we're about to have a kid in March. You know, we're doing, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of work to the house. I'm finding it hard to 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 be like, what is success? And and like aiming and thinking, oh, when I do this, I'll feel successful or I'll be successful. Then you sort of get there and you sort of mm. go, oh, I'm kind of already there. Mm. But it feels like there's more to do. Interesting. Because I think I've always viewed success as, you know, the, an outcome only. Mm. You know, so if I think when you were talking then and I was kind of like rapidly processing lots of things in my brain, um, I wonder in the moment, in that 
present tense feeling of it, I wonder if there's something about, for me, it's just for me, like an, an integration feeling or a feeling of whatever's happening, it's being integrated. It's, it's kind of being welcomed and somehow, I don't want to even use the word utilised, but I don't know what came forward for me when I was just thinking about that is this sense of, of being open and, and integrating information. Does that sound really weird? It but I get it. Oh no! <laughs> because you don't think you didn't think about these are the first you don't think about integrating, degrading your success into you. But I think open was the word that I was that was coming to me when you were talking about integrating. I was like, it's it's talking about being open to that, to being to that success. You're being open to that feeling. You're being open to acknowledgement. Being open to to viewing things slightly differently. Well, I think open to whatever's happening right here, right now, because I think if I think, you know, if we think about success and again, like in the past, oh, I was successful or in the future I'm aiming, you know, that classic thing mm -hmm. of we're not in this moment right now. And that's okay to have both past and future orientations. But I think if right now, if I was to kind of think about what that felt like, for me, it is a feeling of meeting each moment with a sense of of openness, but also like a sturdiness. There's something about like feeling grounded or feeling so both open, but kind of um, mm. rooted in something that is, a, I suppose you could say a value system, or it could be a stance on how to be with difficulty or whatever. I think it's a way of being for me. And when I say integrating, I think that word for me is more around the openness to letting that stuff come in and, and influence that moment right there. Um, again, no, I, th I, no, I think that really makes a huge amount of sense emotion. because it sort of explains and it resonates with me because it sort of explains that, you know, there's a constant push to be like, okay, where's the next yeah. thing? Oh, I need to do the next thing. And, and even if it's like mm -hmm. just getting more jobs done, like, and there's always going to be more to do. I mean, being, you know, transitioning to being a homeowner, um, which I, and I'm very aware of, you know, talking about that just because, you know, it's becoming more and more difficult and obviously, you know, might be lucky to, to have that opportunity. But I guess someone always told me there's always something to do. There's always something that could be better. And sort of thinking mm. about success as a way of being, of being grounded, almost like being confident in yourself that you're, you're being successful, you're on the right path. Like it's it almost is a way of being rather than looking for potentially an objective truth of success. Now, there are probably objective markers of success. I've got a business plan and I've marked out at which points that we need to be in terms of, so like I, you know, by this stage, I want to be able to be doing this many hours, probably this much revenue, like because that's what, you know, the family needs to survive. You know, we're about, mm. about to go on maternity leave you know, I need a, a stable sort of set. And so I had these sort of markers. And so there are some objective markers of success in a way, but the feeling of success, mm. even though I've now met those markers pretty consistently for like the last two months, and it's going well beyond that, it's moving beyond the the minimum I needed very early, it's moved beyond the, the optimal that I wanted, and now it's working towards the fantastic. It still doesn't feel... Mm it still doesn't feel like it's 
successful despite these objective markers. You know what? And I love that because I think what I'm realising, I think the reason I'm grappling so much is because I think this year success has not been in my vocabulary. Like I actually haven't, I haven't brought it in. It's not been a something that I'm aiming for. It's not been kind of what happened well in the past. I think that's what's really interesting about this, especially with my change with my business, is that it feels like, and again, I'm processing out loud here, it feels like when I stepped into that new change that was all about, we talked about this in the potty, like my worth, about being open, about trusting in something that wasn't necessarily tangible in words only. Um, I think what happened at that moment when I stepped into my new space is that I kind of left behind or I didn't intentionally pick up and bring in these markers. Like they're there. You can look at my diary. You can see how many people I see. You can see how much money I make. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I think I didn't intentionally bring that in as a way to have a discussion or it didn't come into my languaging, um, which is really interesting to know just mm. right now. Is, is, is this coming from the fact that you kind of had trust in yourself? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and, if, and if we can go into that feeling, which has built over the last six months since we had that first chat around all of that stuff that was coming forward with the shift, is that there is a trust in me, there's a trust in the openness to the, you know, stuff that might not be going so well or going well, and there's a trust in what's coming forward, but I don't actually need to necessarily measure it or anticipate it or, mm. you know, I can let it unfold a little bit. Um, yeah. So I'm sure, like, if, you know, I'm about to go and have lunch with my partner, it's the wisest Christmas party, party of two, um, and I don't think we will have a discussion about how successful the business has been. Like I'm even thinking about how we'll chat and it won't be about that. It'll be a, a, an honoring or a celebration of, mm. of trusting myself. That is, is I guess. So it's interesting because I've had a chat you know, with a, with a psychologist, uh, recently just about anxiety and, and, um, talking about it from patient's perspective and talking about it from how how we sort of manage mm -hmm. it. And there's there's a lot of people that lose, they get quite anxious because they don't have trust in the system. They don't have trust in, like, they, they don't have potentially a practitioner they can put trust in for their management. And so, mm -hmm. you know, this anxiety in a way is like constant problem solving, constant thinking, ruminating, ruminating. Mm -hmm. Not remunerating, that's paying someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remunerating, um, you would get paid for remunerating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know who you're talking to. Uh, <laughs> Sorry for interrupting there. It's kind of in a way that it's, it's, and we talked about it, and it's in a way, you know, shifting to trusting ourselves and our, like getting the patient and, or helping anyone really in this sort of situation. One of the ways is thinking about mm. how we build trust in ourselves and our judgments and our thought process in that almost in a way giving up and, and sort of being, ex, you know, mm. if we're talking from an act perspective, they talk about, you know, radical acceptance or, you know, working to accept what you can't control and change. So shifting that trust to, to, the, to themselves 
but I wonder, thinking from a from a purely practitioner perspective, how we get to that point when, like, we consider the economic climate, we consider business, mm-hmm. we consider you know a lot, especially in Australia, and uh, you know so much of us are in private practice. How do we build that trust? Especially, also, I'm thinking as well as a you know, as a business owner, it does feel easier, right? Because part of taking the leap to open your business is you're going to naturally trust yourself enough that you can make this work or you've got a situation at least that's somewhat conducive. But as an employee mm-hmm. or as a contractor, as someone who's working, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts are about how we can build that. I've got so many thoughts, Alex. Pick one. Um, Pick one. <laughs> This is not good uh, podcast chat if you like. I've got so many thoughts that uh, I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> and it's just silence. <laughs> Read them. Um, uh, you know, I think, I think something that just pops up, one of the things that pops up is making space for, like making visible what's invisible. And this can be even like with... Um, you know, I'm thinking about one-on-one clients. I'm also thinking about a couple of the practitioners I'm working with where, you know, there might be um, things that are not actually being spoken to or spoken about or I don't even want to use the word validated, but like seen. So, you know, in that in in that conversation or in that space, they're missing. It's like they're not actually being talked to. They're not actually being brought into conversation it's like a lack of honesty or a lack of transparency. And so I think one of the things that, you know, pops up in the work that I do is that there's a visibility piece. And so for that person, you know, if we think about building trust in themselves is we need to see themselves clearly and visibly. They need to see the people that they're working with or their context or whatever's coming in, right? Their pain experience, we need to see it clearly which means we need to bring in perhaps, you know, these beliefs or narratives or information. You could argue there's lots of different facets, but like something about honesty and visibility. Because if we don't have those things, how do we build trust? Mm. So in a way, like I'm thinking, I think for a few things, because like, I think there's there's a patient application there as well, but it's, it's, it's almost like in a way you're saying that people are sort of avoiding the hard conversations, truths, explorations about what happens if, you know, I start a business, no one turns up. What happens, if, you know, talking about, you know, okay, I'm going to start a business or I'm going to start working here as a practice and I'm not confident with talking to other practitioners. I'm not confident with putting myself out there. I don't, I'm not confident with, is, is that sort of what you're talking about? Like sort of coming into these situations head on. What if we do start and we don't you know, we don't make enough money to start paying some of our bills by X date. What are we going to do? Is that sort of what you're talking yeah. about? As the, I mean, it could be in so many different contexts. Um, like I'm thinking about even a physio who's, you know, recently said, like, I'm really grappling with how to do all these things in a half hour session, you know. And I know there's more and more, um, you know, information out there saying how it's actually ridiculous and we shouldn't aim to. But like actually being able to say, like, I don't think you can. You know, like Mm. if we actually put on the table, like you cannot do all that stuff in half an hour right now with where you are, or you can't do it in the way that you actually are hoping to, you know, like, so what's the truth here? You know, like, so it's maybe like what wisdom lives here that we're not looking at. And sometimes that wisdom is 
really amazing wisdom and maybe sometimes it's really hard like around you know that's not a possibility or or maybe that's a really high expectation and we need to back off that or I'm just riffing a little bit here on the people I've seen this week but mm. I think there's something about <clears throat> being able to see clearly what's right here right now and speak speak to that mm. I'm even thinking about like you know taking taking that specific patient example of having 30 minutes to do something and you're trying to do a lot you know one of the outcomes of that might be in some cases you go, well, this is not, I can't do this in 30, I can't do everything in 30 minutes mm. and then making the conscious decision to run over time yeah. and go, well, this can't be done, but it sort of has to. I mean, I've had that this week because it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> they can't come for a little bit more or we can't make a plan about them. You know, here's what we're going to start with. Then you come back. It's like, this just has to be done. And then you're going mm. into the day of and planning around the day of, I'm going to run late. So I'm going to make sure, like, my meals are easy. I've got, you know, access to, to the things that, that I need to really quickly. I don't have a lot of plans, you know, straight after work or I'm, I'm building buffers into, into the day to, to run late for people. Mm. Yeah, and you what know, is and that? And that's mainly after work. Yeah, I mean, when we did this completion piece at, um, at Hakomi, you know, what came up, I suppose, for me is I have a hard time. I always run over. Mm. Um, not always. That's a lie. That's very black and white. A lot of the time I run over and I enjoy running over <laughs> mm. because I really like getting to this natural completion end with people. It's not forcing it. It's not, it's just feeling like there's a wholeness and that we can pause there. And, you know, perhaps one thing that I need to sit with is that I can't do that every time with people. I might have to get good at going, you know, the classic psych line, which I've never liked. It was like, we're going to have to pause there pissed me off. I'm like, no, we haven't finished yet. Um, but, you know, so there's this, I suppose for me, you know, th there's a real visibility that like, that's what you do. And I'm not meeting up with judgment and criticism and going, oh shit, you know, good, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going, wow, what, that's really interesting. What is it about that, that I actually, that, it, you know, what is that about that, that I, um, that I enjoy or that, why do I do that? Or, you know, what does that bring for me? Um, but, you know, I also, with my business, I always have a 15-minute or 30-minute buffer between clients, and that's not for running over necessarily. That's just for me having time to transition. Um, but, mm. uh, you know, I think there's, again, that's being really sort of honest in a way where it's here. How do we accommodate for it? How do we get curious about it, you know? The, the one thing that's, that's coming up, as well for me like when we're talking about this is i'm thinking about and draw it back to sort of the success component as well as almost in a way having that conversation or having that having to have that hard conversation with if you mm. have a boss who has a very specific idea of what success yeah. looks like and you have a very different view of success because i'm thinking about like if you had if you were trying to do that and be like i'm gonna <laughs> run over and i'm gonna have a you know, reach this natural end and like how someone would see that when their idea of success is you get in, you do your work, you stick mm -hmm. to time, you get out. There's none of this fuzziness. And in a way it's almost the, you know, what you confront in that point is almost like a lack of trust mm -hmm. where the, oh, I get, I complain about this all the time when I see like, and I hear stories of Beck being an employment lawyer obviously anonymized stories, but just hearing, mm. you know, stories about management where they're managing people by these sort of very sort mm. of stringent ideas 
of like output and what happens and what we see. And it's the same with, with physio, it's the same with podiatry. It's like, you will go in, you'll do this mm. at this time, you'll do it this much, you'll earn this much, mm. you'll charge this much. Like, it's just very strict. And there's almost like no, mm. there's no trust in that component and whether there, there needs to be a level of confronting that, well, imagine at least if in you workplace. Went, like what just popped up in my brain is imagine if you went like, okay, let's do three months trial kit, you know, I'm working for someone where you go over, you know, and you notice, you know, how that feels for you and how does that work for me? And we come back after three months and we see what, what, what did we glean? What insights? How was it for you? How was it mm. for me? You know, like I said, that sense of like experimentation and then understanding, but mm. I suppose like your point, there would be a trust there that like something will come out of this process if we pay attention to it and we create space for reflection, hello. Um, but mm. <laughs> it wouldn't if you didn't set off a space for reflection, but like that sense of like trying something that, that, that experimental attitude where it's like, huh, let's, let's see here. Um, and you, who knows, there might, something might come out of it for that's actually benefits the employer, but they might not know that because it might also be part of this paradigm of actually supporting practitioners differently. That's where my brain goes. Because, yeah, there is a, I know, a, I know I've, I've met a really lovely GP in Canberra who did the same thing, like started, it was in practice with a bunch of other people and said, hey guys, like, I'm going to try mm. and offer this radically different care. I'm going to have one mm. hour new appointments. I'm going to have 30 mm. minute minimum review appointments, 30 minutes, 45 mm. or one hour review appointments. And yeah. I'm going to charge for them mm. and they're going to be expensive. But... I reckon mm. that's the way to go was when people come in and they have four, three, four, five problems, mm. they're needing extra scripts for this, or they're thinking about things last minute. If they can come in and you can get a huge grasp on all of their problems, all of the intersections between mm. their problems, create a plan around all those problems and then have time at the end to do their scripts, to do this, mm. to do that, they'll save mm. money there'll be less urgency because they're not having to come in suddenly and get mm. scripts and there's not things pinging all around the place. Not that that will ever completely go away, but had the, had the, the, the trust and say, I'm going to try this for three months. I reckon it's going to work or it's not, but we've got to give mm. it a crack. Anyway, wild success, runaway success. How are you success? Well, I think the thing was, is that she was busier. It didn't. It didn't have the out the negative outcome that everyone thought it would. Mm -hmm. It had the positive outcome that she felt calmer, better. Patients were getting better care. Yeah, I'm curious about the the outcomes, if you like, in better commas that are around the experience. Mm. Well, the experience was she was happier, mm. and she was more settled. Yeah. And and yeah, but. In, in in the end, open secret or not, I won't mention names, but, you know, then the other practice weren't happy and they, mm -hmm. they wanted to kick her out because yeah. they still wanted something else. But at the same time, you know, it was it was kind of a situation. It was kind of an interesting one, Bert, where in that situation, went to someone and said, you know, hey, can you trust me to trial mm -hmm. this for three months? Give me free reign, see what happens. Now, she was in a business mm -hmm. owner position as well. So there was a little yeah. bit more skin in the game and than an employee, but then tried it out, proved it for whatever metrics that they wanted to prove and said, this is good. But then that also built trust in mm -hmm. her intuition 
and going, actually, I think I can do this and I can make it a success. So in a way, like that was a way mm. that she built trust. And then when they said, no, we don't want you here, it went out and Found her own started place. her own. And now that seems to be a runaway well, and success. And you could argue, you know, she's also got, you know, the ground of her practice. Like she's had a go at developing how she wants mm. to, he or she wants to work, you know. Um, mm. Well, that's interesting. As you say that, again, you know, it comes back to my decision in June to shift. And I said to myself, I gave myself, you know, I think it's a three by three by three lease. So I actually said to myself, you got three years, not you've got three years. I was like, hey, we're going to try this for three years and see what happens. You know, and it wasn't like a throwaway, like, we're going to try this for three years and see what happens. It was, it was an intentional, you know, like, let's do an experiment and see what something will come out of it that we'll learn from. And I will shift, I'll be mm. honest with what comes out of it again. I won't be like avoiding, oh shit, my numbers went down. Like, like I'm not going to avoid that. I think that's what I said to my partner is like, you know, I'm, I, I've, you know, I've got enough finances to support a three-year exploration. And then just sitting with that and happy with that, you know, that settling, knowing that it was a, a phase, mm. if you like, or a trial, whatever language you want to call it. But what it was, it was, it was building that trust in myself that I could also have a go. And if it failed in the language of success and fail, it would, I'm always going to learn something. It's going to then help decide whatever happens next. So it would never really be a failure as mm. such. It would be learning or, you know, I really don't want to use part of the journey, but it would be a season, you know? <laughs> I like journeys. Uh, this is, it's almost like, yeah, confronting that point of if this doesn't work out, you know, you, there's, there's an element of, you've got that point of, oh, I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to see if it doesn't work mm. out, then I know I need to move on. But there's also the trust is there is in a way that from that process, you're going to learn something about yourself, about the business, about what work, well, I'm what paying attention. Work to inform yeah. the next steps. So I suppose yeah. what comes with that sort of like stepping in is there's a real, I'm paying attention to all of the data points or I'm, I'm paying a real attention awareness to the experience. And, you know, in my world as well, it's, you know, paying attention in a way that I'm learning through Hakomi. So it's attention to my whole self, not just my rampant rumination thoughts that I'm not getting paid for. You know, it's paying attention to whole felt sense, you know, it's paying attention to um, how I'm actually getting much uh, more sturdy and not worrying what others think, you know, it's paying attention to um, how is my new space influencing my clients' experiences, like all the things, you know, um, I get to go wild on my little research project. Because, yeah, I, can, I, I sort of reflect where there's a couple, quite, a, quite a few thoughts coming up. I think where I was before in the early of the year where you sort of, I jumped in and I said, I have mm -hmm. to make this a success. I have to make this a success. This has to be successful. Because at that point it felt like, well, this is mm -hmm. the only option that I have. You know, mm -hmm. I worked for other people. And they've had good bosses and bad bosses. I've, but you know, what I want to do, how I want to say things, how I want to do stuff, like I kind of need to be my own.
boss. I mean, we've known this since I was like 10. Um, so it was not a surprise, but it was just that case of like, I'm now at a point in my life doing it. I want to do it like I need to do it. But there was that level of like, I need to make this work because success was, you know, very sort of strict. Mm. And it was, it was anxious and it was difficult until it started to go and it started to catch on and it started to build. And despite, you know, knowing that, you know, you've just got to keep putting yourself out there, you've got to be buoyant, to use the the, the term of Dan Pink, you just got to keep going, you've got to keep sort of trucking because, you know, so much of it is luck and so much of it is, is you know, you, when, you, when you're rejected from things or when you're you know, not getting the opportunities you think that should happen, it's, it's not so much about you, it's about mm. other people, it's da-da-da-da-da. But it was hard because at the end of the day, there wasn't that thought of if this doesn't work then I have to think about something Mm -hmm. different for my life and how that's going to happen. And I think there would have been a bit more comfort in that if I didn't have that sort of, if if I'd actually gone through that process, everything's worked out, it's great, it's fine. (laughs) But yeah, there would have definitely felt a lot more comfortable to be like, okay, and have that chat of if this doesn't work, I have to, learn something about myself, mm-hmm. which is maybe I can't run a business. Maybe I do need to go and deal with some of the stuff that's making mm-hmm. it difficult for me to work with other people mm-hmm. or for other people, I should say. Is it is it that a case? Is it a case of maybe I'm not cut out for full-time private practice clinic running? I felt very confident in my skills, but at the same time, having that sort of thought helps with the somewhat irrationality of... Um, the, yeah, the irrationality of what happens when those thoughts come up and just having the trust then just to go, huh, yeah, I could go somewhere else. I could do something. You know, I am interested in, you know, doing mm. research to a certain certain degree. You know, maybe that's something that, that, that could be explored next and maybe that's somewhere to, to branch out into. But it was not having that, I think, definitely having those thoughts and having those sort of conversations even with myself probably was a detriment worked out okay but probably what was it a detriment but i guess what that brings up is sort of that that back to that point about being successful in society and being like what what do we need and i think yeah the material sort of aspects of success as well because i think that's also where people maybe get a little bit tied up especially younger people and this is not saying that you know don't pay attention to money, don't pay attention to materials. and uh, I mean, you, you can't mm. not. You've got to have some place to sleep, some place, to, mm. something to eat. You want to be working towards, you know, building a family or a life, whatever that is. But I wonder, I, I start to wonder as, as now I'm sort of getting older and building my own family that, like, the things that I enjoy is coming home and mm. walking the dog, coming home and doing things that, that don't involve that much materials. And the more that I like get older and move, like the less materials, like I'm not, not finding that I'm wanting these things mm. that are nice, but it's kind of nicer feeling less anxious about the future and concerns and just sort of existing and then kind of doing what I can mm. with what sort of occurred. But then again, I can also mm-hmm. say that a lucky place 
of having something that's successful as well, and it's, it, it sort of ignores. But I guess that's... Well, I think, yeah, I I think what, what comes up as you're talking is this, you know, this theme perhaps around an, an intentionality, because success, we could argue, you know, we set goals in order to reach success, you know, so it's that outcome-focused definition, right? Um, but I, I think that's where we come back to intentionality and like having intentions um, as a, you mean you can have goals, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of goals. That's just my personal, personal preference, but I understand they exist in the world and they, they're needed. But, you know, I suppose I, in hearing that I come back to like an intentionality. So like, you know, I'm choosing this, like for you, I'm choosing this business, I'm going in, you know, I've got these goals, but there's an intention here around being in this process or learning in this process, or is there's an intentionality to pay attention. There's an intentionality to understand that I could be wrong because I feel really confident right now in my rightness, you know, coming back to the book, but that upon reflection, something might, you know, so I think this is what I'm really enjoying more and more of is paying attention to intentionality and like getting really clear on that going into something. And I think that's what's really holding me Mm, what's the word? Um, allowing me to hold things loosely, but at the same time feeling quite solid mm -hmm. in my foundation is because I have an understanding of how I'm going to be in this. I'm not sure how it's going to end up. I have a, you know, I have aims, I suppose, or, or hopes or desires or, you know, but I think this, this intentionality of how I'm going to be in it and meet it and, you know, respond when things don't go well or, you know, um, respond when things do go well. You know, I used to not really want to celebrate good things, you know, for fear that they might not happen again. Or there'd be an expectation that I had to do mm. it again. You know what I mean? It's really interesting. Um, so I think that's what came up for me. Mm. And that probably, I imagine, ties in a bit with then being present and then being quite full and, and, and appreciative in the present moment and things like that. I'm reminded of... Um, conversation or a point that uh you, do you know luke postlewaith from the biomechanics mm -hmm. yeah don't know him personally but i'm aware of him yes <laughs> he exists you know his <laughs> <Yeah>. existence <laughs> he did a podcast where he was talking about how to it was all about how to run an ethical business how to run a, mm -hmm. and how they were going about it at the biomechanics mm -hmm. and i think probably the key thing i took away the thing I always remember is he was saying you're setting KPIs not based on outcomes or goals mm. or bunny or utilization or all the traditional things. Mm. His KPIs were based on behaviors that they believed were going to be associated with success. Mm -hmm. So he said, you know, we know that uh, a lot of people recommend us or would recommend us mm -hmm. and that, you know, what if rather than, you know, trying to run all these promotions or things or trying to get people in, he just said, someone's had a great experience with us. They they probably know someone that might benefit. Why don't we just ask them and just say, hey, look, we've loved taking care of you. You know, we've reached the end of the end of the the sort of the sessions with us. You know, you're gonna go away and live your life. But, you know, if you've ever you know, I, I just ask, don't have to say anything, don't have to do anything, but I just ask, you know, if there's someone that in your life that you can think of 
that I think would benefit from us and if you've enjoyed us and would recommend us, you know, can you just think about that? Because it would mean a lot to us to be able to help other people in your life or however you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they KPI'd. Did you ask that question? Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is really uncomfortable to sort of try and be that because it, it's not within our vocabulary and it's not really within us to, to, to be that that sort of marketing focused to ask those questions. It's so much easier and more comfortable to do the Instagram marketing, the website, mm-hmm. the put a, you know, pay for an ad page and sort of go mm-hmm. that way. But that's what they KPI'd instead. And it's, I think that links so well to your point about intentionality mm. because it's kind of what you said, what exactly what they're doing is sort of going, my intention is to do this. I've got a specific intention. I've got a specific set of behaviors, got a spe- specific something that I'm going to do. And I don't like goals because I'm not focusing on the outcome Mm -hmm. because the outcomes will come and go. There's so many other things that could affect that outcome. Mm -hmm. But we know that if we're KPIing the behaviors or thinking about the intention and then consistently turning up and doing it and following through and encountering the harsh truths and trying to work through and deal with that, Mm -hmm. that there will be success. Or if there's not, then that's okay, but we just now know that we don't, we can't go in that direction anymore. Mm-hmm. We can't, that's that's not something that's going to work. We go back to our in, in, in intention and go, is that going to work within our environment in, in the context? And does that change our thinking about what we want to do? Mm. Yeah, and I think this, you know, I'm really sitting in my bias at the moment, which is intentionality and then reflection. Um, Because then when I was thinking when you were just saying all of that and still, you know, that would lead us to success. I'm really curious around like, what are we going to define as success? But I think that then again, earlier in the pod when I was like, I don't think it's in my vocabulary. I don't think it's here. I think perhaps because, you know, for me, what's really important is the intentionality, the clearness on that, and then the space for reflection on how did I implement those intentions and perhaps where did I not or where did I avoid or you know like looking at like what got in the way or again that honest reflection and then Mm. learning from that and then setting some new intentions I don't I think success for me will probably be something that is you know seen it will be a reflection I don't think it'll be something that I I think my success perhaps is having intention to those processes as a way of moving through things so I'm successful if I, you know, have have my intentions, set them, you know, reflect on them, be honest in my reflections, evolve, integrate, to use that word, you know, integration, and then have some more, you know, that to me feels, if I'm going to put success as a definition, it feels like sitting, st- staying with that process. Yeah, success being a process that you can get up and you can follow and you can adjust and you can constantly be working towards a way yeah. of being that that's that works with you. It's, it's funny because that really matches, like, you know, I mentioned mm-hmm. Dan Pink earlier, you know, about buoyancy, but, you know, he's, his whole book is, you know, to mm-hmm. sell us to human. Um, and, you know, he's talking about how people sell and are successful and businesses are doing it. And so much of it is around, yeah, is, is around exactly this. It's not, it's it's having a process, having a procedure, trusting it, and then mm-hmm. doing it, doing it over and over and over again, constantly adjusting, constantly learning. And I think that's, so it's just interesting to think about it from that perspective of 
what are, in a traditional sense, people who are successful, using air quotes here, I'd say, if we look at those people as quote unquote successful, this is kind of what they're doing. Like it's kind of like a validating tool to be like, well, if what people are doing, I mean, you can always take it to the nth degree and be like, I've decided I'm intentionally doing, you know, X, Y, and Z, and I'm just going to do whatever I want. And yeah, totally. doing. Like, it's kind of not, <laughs> it's not the point. Well, maybe it comes back but to I that like honest that. piece around, you know, hmm. but yeah, I think well, we all, you go, oh, I was going to say, we all know people like this that just turn up and they just that just are and they just do and they just kind of go through and then they're successful and it's annoying. But that's kind of <laughs> what we're talking about, cultivating. You could write a book, Cultivating Being Annoyingly Successful. But that's, that's kind of what they're doing and they kind of don't really think about it or if they do, they're at least they're maybe not talking about it. But in a way, that's kind of the code that they've cracked. Yeah. And where my brain goes is, you know, like, what are the qualities? If we're talking about that whole process, you know, it's an, it's an experimental attitude, isn't it? So mm. what qualities and like, you know, like, like, again, deeply hold an embodiment of an experimental attitude. So not just like, I think I'm going to be experimental and then actually not, but you know, like what qualities are within that sort of a, a an approach or being? Sorry, I don't know why I'm going in and out. Sorry, Minio. What qualities? Go again. Uh, what qualities are part of, say, an experiment, an experimental approach or posture to the world? You know, and, and in saying that again, like really experimental, not like I'm actually in a, you know, a scientific, <laughs> rigid, mm. potentially rigid process um, that's experimental in a different way, say, in like some forms of research, but like this sort of curiosity or this openness or this, you know, openness to nuance or flexibility or, you know, some softness or like, what are those qualities? That's what I think about. Mm. Do you want me to bring in something that I, that's made me think about this? Yeah, go for it. Well, it's come out of the self-esteem literature Pia Melody. Um, and it's really interesting because it talks about um, like an adaptive child kind of response and a wise adult kind of response. Am I going really rogue here or is this okay? Well, the whole podcast is supposed to be rogue. Okay, that's the new name for it, rogue. Um, but, you know, adaptive child is like, you know, black and white, perfectionistic, relentless, rigid, harsh, hard, certain, tight in their body. Wise adult nuanced, realistic, forgiving, flexible, warm, yielding, humble, relaxed in their body. So I suppose that sort of thinking or that sort of posture or, thought or way of being has kind of influenced how when I'm not sure what's going on, I'm kind of looking at like, you know, what's coming out here? Is my rigidness coming out or my relentlessness? Or mm. can I be sort of a bit flexible and um, realistic? So that, mm. I think that's what comes forward with me when we think about like, well, these people are so just annoyingly good at this. I'm like, no, there's, there's qualities here that have been cultivated, I would imagine. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I do like that because I guess so much of like what, what, we're, what we're alluding to in, in some ways is with success and with sort of 
what that sort of shift is sort of moving from the rigid to the more flexible like what what my and you know what life looks like oh you're holding it up now (laughs) we can put a link to that but yeah like you know so we go from you know black and white to nuanced and you Mm. can argue like in our world like you know are we black and white around modalities or thought processes or can we hold a nuanced view on evidence-based literature you know perfectionistic can move to be more realistic you know so Mm. i think it's and i think again this is where my brain kind of comes in around this whole bodiness to it this is where hakomi's really taught me in that wider more expansive more deeper way about how these words show up not just in our cognitive thoughts so not just about cognitive flexibility but like whole body somatic you know because i think this is where sometimes we can feel like we're being flexible but perhaps we're not so that's why i think it's interesting where it sort of even says like tight in the body versus relaxed in the body like bringing the body in mm. and it's funny because like when i feel the least successful mm-hmm. it's when things aren't going the way that i expected mm-hmm. where they're sort of they're being they're, they're different they're not always bad they're just different mm-hmm. whereas when things feel the most comfortable is when I'm the most relaxed. When things are going as you had hoped or expected. Well, not always even as hoped as I expected when I'm sort of just in this, in this sort of point where I'm just like, oh yeah, we're just going with Mm -hmm. the flow. I don't have a goal to end at a certain time. Like I, I, like I, I think about the clients where I try and shut things down and end things sooner and trying to like, that's ultimately sort of where we encounter more, more problems. And it's like, I got to finish by this time. I got to do it this way, or I've got to cover mm-hmm. this much. But sometimes when it's the most flexible, like, like sometimes I even have started to asking people recently, you know, so rather than saying, what do you want to get mm-hmm. out of today? So it's what, what does success look like? Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, when we ask people what they want to get out of today, it's it's informed by their current thought process, their like what they're thinking, what they know, and it's 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 you're getting a snapshot mm-hmm. in time of what they think, and then you're trying to meet this goal, and then you sort of you know you do your assessment, and you go, oh my god, how am I supposed to meet all these goals? It's actually different and stuff. But when like I ask what does success look like, I, I like I definitely find some people they take a lot longer to think. We can talk about success today. We talk about success from seeing me as, as, as a practitioner in the future. Yeah, it's a whole other different line of thinking, isn't it? Mm, and I find, I find then that people are more open to different pathways and a bit more flexible. When we talk about, hey, what if, you know, we're working towards this. This is sort of what I'm seeing. How do you feel if, you know, like if we start moving towards where you want to go by doing X, Y, Mm -hmm. and Z. So rather than going against what they expected and what they think and sort of encouraging them to almost think about in that rigid way Mm -hmm. of like, you wanted this and actually we're going to do this because, you know, and there's power struggle and like, because I'm in charge and I'm the one with all the things and all that sort of stuff. It's like, well, how does this, you know, sort of, how do you feel like this is working towards where you want to go now that we know I, I see that that's where you want to go. Like in a, in a way as well, we're seeing what their what their what their goal is, and we're setting like in a way, the, you know, to to fit in nicely, sort of 
the intentionality. We're going, well, we're going to do these behaviours now that work towards mm. that goal. I think it's that, again, if we kind of come back down into you're inquiring about the other in a different way than how we've been taught to inquire with the other, you know, and it's, mm. I think there's that then there's room for other things to emerge. You know, even you being ask, asking them a question mm. and them having to think for a while, you know, th- there's a different dynamic already. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I think there's just it, there's so many more potentials of even learning what comes out of that space. Again, you might be even trying something. I'm going to try ask mm. this question and see what comes out of it. You know, it's another little experimental attitude paying attention to. You know. Mm. Some of the best interactions as well, like I think about interacting with others, uh, you know, people that I'm looking to mm. get a service from. Some of the best ones are when they come in and they say, actually, what if we think about something different? What if we go somewhere mm-hmm. different? What if I ask you a question? Rather than getting exactly what I wanted, it's someone coming out going, I get exactly mm. what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about this? actually to to be maximally sort of your idea of where you want to go and your six goal I goals or success mm. I know these aren't or in your vocabulary this, yeah. <laughs> but to sort of yeah <laughs> but they, but I think about it you know like getting a team to 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 um, make a new website for me and they're like okay you need to think about these mm. things and I'm like I've never thought about mm-hmm. these things um okay, you know, where, you know, I need to, I'm trying to help these people, you know, talking to psychologists, you know, about patients and things, and they're going, actually, you know, you're just not thinking about this bit. And thinking about the new bit is actually what leads me to sort of almost in a way problem solving or having epiphanies, like just actually kind of meeting what other people completely expect. But it's almost in a way of success is almost like thinking about where, what people also want to to do where they want to go, setting behavior, like all the things we talked about, like that's actually mm. like if we're doing that for our clients in a way as well. It, I don't think it requires much as well. It's just like a changing the sentences. I mean, this is where like motivational interviewing, act, all these sort of other things, uh, you know, work is essentially just rather, and narrative medicine. It's not changing the whole paradigm. It's just changing, changing a few questions, changing how we have our conversation and it kind of just shifts everything. And again, you could argue it's an intentionality <clears throat> to show up hmm. slightly differently, understanding that in doing that, we are shifting a system from a complex systems theory lens by showing hmm. up differently and having intention around it and you can collect the data, like something different will emerge purely because it's not the same. You know, hmm. you, there's a, an awareness of it. Hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm becoming aware of? The time. Yeah, well, the time and the <laughs> we're like we're going to have a reflection about the year and then we just talked we about success on the year talked about yeah, both of our yeah. big changes yeah. okay let's do I've got an idea do you want to try this mini mm. experiment what, what happens if I say no though then we just end the podcast <laughs> <laughs> end what does success look like ending um I can ask you three questions mm-hmm. uh, about the year, but they're going to be like short fire ones. Okay. Shit, I don't have the questions yet. I was just seeing if you wanted to do it. <laughs> okay, you ready? <laughs> yes. Okay, and then you can ask me three. 
Is it, can it be the same three? Does it have to be different three? You get to choose. Well, that puts a lot of pressure okay, on so me. Okay. Better? Well, if you go first, I'm going to learn then. <laughs> Fuck what's coming forward. Okay. If you had to use three words to describe your personal growth this year, what would you use? You gotta be quick. Fire. Well, medium God. fire, <laughs> just not long. Not too fast, not too slow. The Goldilocks <laughs> fire. <laughs> It'd probably be like settled. Hmm. Why three? Okay, one. <laughs> no, I think it's settled. I think it is. Um, it's a, probably adjusting is another word that comes up mm-hmm. a lot, like adjusting to my skills, my setup, like what, where, what, what can I do? Rather than trying to be everything, mm-hmm. it's leaning into adjusting and leaning into what what my strengths will be the two adjusting and like strengths and sort of just figuring out how to where i want to go like if if i've got something that i do well why the hell am Mm. i trying to do something that i don't do well that i don't enjoy as much Uh, beautiful and i used to think that that was um throughout this year i used to think that was uh what i was doing setting up my own business but in a way like your business encourages you to do things Mm-hmm. that you're not as good at and that, and that you don't emphasize as much. This is part of the website rebuild. You know, we're really trying to focus in on what I want to do and my strengths and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. the other. Yeah. Okay. So that's you done? My turn now? Is that what your slow nod means? No, that's what I was wondering. Is it, it, Do we just set the questions and do we just... Should I, well, should I go back? Do you think it, that would be a good idea? Well, maybe we do that and then I'll, then I'll think of a question. Okay. Then I'll think of a question, then we both answer okay. that. Okay, so three words for my personal growth this year. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think trust is one. Mm. So trust in myself, the process, um, trust in uh, exploring differently. Um, second one would be softness. So just softening both my whether it's my deeply held beliefs or softening my attachment to others' expectations or um, softening in my, in my whole um, approach um, through Hakomi has got a, had a softening quality to it. Um, and then I think something about, I don't know what the word is yet, but there's a solidness here. It's like found a ground, like a deeper ground for me, which is like foundation. So there's something around, um, yeah, I'm going to use my third word. It's going to be two words. It's going to be a deeper ground. I'm really aware of something that's dropped in, um, that's more embodied, that's not verbal, that's come through the Hakomi process that is a felt sense awareness of being me. Mm. So that's my three that makes me feel better about my reflection sort of accidentally taking over the whole podcast oh 
because you've just mentioned three things that we've, it's like, what is, what are the three things about your growth this year? And you're just like, these three things that I discussed actually through this process of talking about success. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Yeah, we've been yeah. doing the thing we had intention to do, Alex. Trust yeah. in that. Yeah. So you get to answer again. Okay. What's your question? So what's been the most surprising thing? That's, that's, that's this year. This year. And, and more of like, what's the most surprising thing that you've learned or taken away? So it's not just like, surprise, my clinic got on fire. Surprise, the internet doesn't work. Um, I mean, like, what's the most surprising thing that you've learned that like you're taking into and absorbing? Okay. I've got one. But I'm really aware I can't talk for too long on this because I've got to go to my wife's Christmas lunch. Yes. Okay. But it came out of the workshop day that um, I facilitated with Shelley Barlow a couple of weeks ago. Um, because when I first started WISE far six years ago, it was a real, I distanced myself from the profession because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was as a physio. I didn't like how I worked. I sort of was renegotiating my whole relationship with myself, physio, you know, care, all those things, right? So when we did this workshop a couple of weeks ago, I actually was coming back to the profession in a way because there were physios there, you know, there was lots of you know, GPs, osteos, podiatry, but, but there was an intention of actually coming back and sharing the way that we believe needs to be uh, more visible and explored in healthcare and physio. So what surprised me was A, that I came back. And then what doubled down surprised me was that whole day, yes, we'd created a learning container that was completely different. And yes, we had an intentionality around so many things. But what surprised me was that my part that has always efforted in learning at uni, in work, in relationships, in patient relationships, in you know, that part that is just always efforting, it just hung out and chilled and it wasn't there. So it was so surprising to have an experience in a learning container where that part wasn't driving the bus. And that was a surprise in like a, a really interesting way. How's that land? Yeah, it's a good one. One feels like shit now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your clinic burnt down. Actually, someone's clinic did burn down in Canberra. Um, okay. Sorry, Canberra. Oh, that's okay. They're a competitor. Oh, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually was. It actually was really bad. Like, it, like it was. God, I like. I it would be so disruptive to have that. Like, I don't want to sound flippant and mean because it like it wasn't it was no. it was like next someone next door and you know the fire happened it was in like oh. a dry cleaner and then like it, it's it would be the most destabilizing thing to lose so much and traumatic yeah traumatic yeah um okay coming back to your surprising moment of the year oh uh, so i'm thinking yeah what is like the biggest surprise i asked this question and you think you'd be smart and think about what are you going to say um, when you ask the question? You know, it's going to come back. I never think that, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was probably, well, probably was most surprising is that you think 
I definitely thought and believed that if you go out there and you focus on being the best that you can, doing the best, you know, being the, just having the best sort of clinic space, setting everything up, like how, how much of that does not matter. Mm. Because so much of it is about trust people who I trust you, people knowing you, people like there's, there's almost like there's just like a level of competence that mm. you, you reach. And then beyond that, it's, it's much more relationship based than you think. Mm-hmm. And much more about where people trust you. And then, so, you know, it's not about, you know, going like, oh, you know, with, when thinking about opportunities, thinking about examples, thinking about anything, you know, it's about, then having to be quite buoyant, having to go out there and put yourself out there, having to go out there and take advantage of opportunities when they arise, but so much of it is luck. And it is kind of annoying in a way because especially when you encounter, like I I do, I've ended up doing a lot of second opinions and you sort of encounter, you know, people not not doing as as well as you think that they should be, not catching things, not not mm. being reflective, not doing so much sort of stuff. But you know, talking to someone about it, it was a case of you know, so many patients would go back to someone that wasn't doing a great job because there was the the trust mm. that they were figuring it out, and it can be the same with referrers. It can be the same with them. So much of it is less about you know how you set up, and it's about the relationships and the other things. And I think because it's so hard to get in contact with other people, it's so difficult mm. to, to you know, talk to other people. You think, well, you know, how, what are they doing out there? Like if they're not out there meeting people, if they're not out there talking to people, learning what's out there in the services, they must just be looking up at your website or going off qualifications. And it's like, well, no, like you sort of forget that everyone else is busy. Definitely this year I've learned how busy everyone is, like is, you know, having to take on so much more, stuff myself, um, just, you know, with personal things. They're like, you sort of just start to realize that like the world works very differently mm-hmm. than you think it should work. Mm-hmm. And so much of personal growth and so much of what I do, you know, getting the postgrad, doing all this sort of stuff is, is, is less about having that sort of ticket and then saying, this is my ticket. Mm so much more about the process of learning and things that allows me to then take advantage of opportunities when they arrive, mm-hmm. having the skills and knowledge to not miss things. And then, you know, just, just having to put yourself in a position where you get those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Cause you definitely sort of go in, especially coming from a much more sort of naturally anxious place that I'm going to be able to work. Yeah. And the harder I work, the better it's going to be, and it's just not the case. And that's that shouldn't have been a surprise. Oh, Alex. But it was. Let's let it be the surprise. Hmm. Yeah, we're going to have a third surprise, which is we're not going to answer a third question because we're now yes. you need to go to lunch. I need to go to lunch. <laughs> have my wise reflection not about success nor goals. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a very nourishing conversation for me, Alex. This has actually been a fantastic. This is probably like, to jinx it, probably <laughs> the best. Like, more, more, most natural. Yeah, we've been practicing, haven't we? We've had an intention around it. Hmm. We have. 
and it's a good sort of note to end on, right? The year, and then we're going to start in the next year, and we're going to be all janky again. <laughs> P.S. I love that word, janky. Hmm. Just conjures thoughts of just like things not fitting, but in a cartoon respect. And a really great soundtrack. I don't know about this. Clunky. No. Clunky and janky. Maybe that's our new names. <laughs> I'm going to go now before I make you yes. cringe. <laughs> Even more. Uh, Lovely hanging out with you this year, Alex. Here's me. I'll, uh, I'll see you next year. Yeah, well, do, am I going to do the sign-off? Yeah, you're going to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to disappear and I do it by myself. No, I'm here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for, if you've, especially if you've made it this far in, in both podcast episodes and just the length of, of, of any individual podcast where we say thank you. Mm. Um, we've been Real Clinicians, Real Chats. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Mm. Uh, you can... You can find me, uh, The Rehab Podiatrist, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, where, pe- where do people find you? Uh, they can find me at wisephysiotherapy.com.au, uh, Wise Ways Kit on Instagram, and Wise Physiotherapy on Facebook. Amazing. Cool. And as always, if you have any thoughts, guest ideas, Ooh. we're sort of uh, anything you want to hear our thoughts on, send us an email realclinicianswealchats at gmail.com or you can send us uh, on any of our Instagram handles for any of the accounts they are monitored so mm-hmm. yeah we'd love we'd love if there's if there's something that people really want to hear about so we don't have to come up with everything ourselves <laughs> outsource Classic. that's success outsourcing all yeah, the collab. work collab We'll, uh, we'll see you next year, or maybe this will be, we'll probably release this in 2024 anyway, so. Ah, totally will. <laughs> so we'll see everyone else in the same year, but I'll see you, Kit, in next year. Okay. Bye-bye.